Welcome to Jesus Time with Jesse and Pete, a podcast recorded in front of a large studio audience. Yeah! Hey guys, hey guys. Calm down. Calm down. Be the calm. Here we go. All All right. All right. This is a podcast for those searching for God in a chaotic and confusing world. I am Pete. I am Jesse. This is podcast number seven. Oh, yes. This is our custom. We have a country of the day, which is. We're going to do Greece. Greece. We're going to do Greece because it has a lot to do with our topic for the day. Yes. Firstly, we are Christians. We want to have an open dialogue about the application of Christ's teachings in our world. We in no way come at this with an agenda or doctrine, but we are seeking a civilized discussion about topics and events of our time. All right, yeah, and the reason why it's Greece, I'm going to say, I mean, there's all sorts of good Greek food, all sorts of, you know, mm-hmm. wonderful things that come out of Greece, but uh, the movie, guys, the, the topic of today, um, <laughs> it relates to it. I don't know if you, did you see the movie 300? I did, I couldn't make it through that movie. What? I could not make it through the The beefcakes? No, it, it was so, I, I knew the battle, I knew the history, and I could not. It was so historically inaccurate, I couldn't... You mean they didn't really go out there no. with just, like, no. loincloths and, like, no shirts no, on there and just total just, buff? There weren't just 300 of them. And, well, then why'd they call the movie 300, Pete? It's... Why'd they call it's, it... It's, it's not accurate. It, 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 <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure they called it 300. Now, the Thermopylae and, it, yeah, and, and there was a, a someone who betrayed them and there the Persians. And- uh, he was this weird hunchback, and there were like uh, <laughs> there were like these animal people that chopped heads off with weird swords that were like somehow attached to their arms. Pete, that's is, history. It, that's it, history. It is. They're buff. They're they're like amazingly in shape. Now they didn't put Merlin in there. I don't know why they didn't have Merlin, mm. but you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, but okay, yeah, it wasn't incredibly historically. <laughs> Yeah. You asked me like, a question. I was, I was like, Where, "Where's Merlin? Where's, <laughs> where's Merlin? You've got, you've got like this enormously tall, uh, you know, Xerxes who has this voice, this, you know, and then the, this hunchback that's just really super deformed, like, like super hunchbacky, um, and then like the, the, like the beefcakes. I remember whenever, whenever they, they first came out with that movie, there was all these workouts, like. Hey, get buff like 300 in, in two weeks, you know, on all the magazines <laughs> because that's somehow possible. And, yeah, and then, but but the thing is, I remember going to that movie and I loved it. I loved it. There's all kinds of gore and blood. And, and like, I don't I don't judge you moves. because of that. Yeah, I well, do not know, judge you. You know, that's, that's, I know you're lying right now, but hey, <laughs> but hey, you know, I appreciate it. I appreciate the kind words. But I went to that movie like I think like three times in the theater. And Were you in it? Because you look like someone who was in it. You I, got a beard. I and... do have a beard, and I am a beefcake. Um, uh, but and I get that all the time. People I, say, people like, hey, you I, weren't you? Did I see you in three hundred? And I say, well, you know, I sometimes I say yes. Sometimes you know, sometimes I'm like, yeah, yeah. I was, I was in three hundred. That was me. I was the star of three hundred. I yeah, played Professor Coomer. He was in three hundred. I played the professor. <laughs> I played the professor. You know, in, in three hundred. Uh, but no. But so so in in, in three hundred. Uh, you know, we. I, I remember loving that movie. I watched it and. Um, and the thing is, I, I was with I was there with uh, with a friend one time, and and he said, you know, it's it's funny, you know, uh, it's strange that these 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 people in three hundred are um, th- there's a lot of aspects about them that are very Christian, 
And I was like, I don't know one aspect of the Spartans, especially as portrayed in the movie 300, that would come across right, as right. Christian. Now, you know, and, and I'm think, I really try to think about that. Okay, so they kill their young uh, if they're malformed or if, if they just, you know, don't Except want Except the one hunchback. The one hunchback, he got away. And, of course, actually seems to justify their principle of killing, you know, the, well, the, the, the hunchbacks. Yeah. It's like the hunchbacks are going to <laughs> be not, the, your downfall, not. I guess. If you're a hunchback, so, you're not loyal. Yeah. <laughs> All right? That's kind of the moral of that 300. Really, at the end of the day. So judgmental. Yeah. <laughs> Is that the whole moral of 300 is like, don't trust a hunchback. And then, like, <laughs> later on, they had to make the, the hunchback of Notre Dame just to kind of, like, to make, I, up, to for make up for that. But it had nothing to do with the movie 300. But I'm assuming some there's a connection, probably. But anyway... <laughs> no, 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 not, really, not any connection I'm at thinking, all. Uh, yeah, I'm really, really trying to think about a connection, but I can't find one. But, but, okay, but the thing is, so what made my... It was a... I, I, I won't say it was a, a you know close friend. It mm-hmm. was a, it was a friend. I was mm-hmm. there. Now come on, tell us. Well, because it is imaginary friend. Imaginary actually. friend, thank you. <laughs> but, no, no, but there was a friend of mine, and he said, you know, it's it's, it's funny, you know, that these, you know, it was is is BC, right? But they they mm-hmm. seem really Christian, and and like they they killed their young. Uh, they were all about killing and fighting. Definitely not a, nothing about like loving your neighbor, <laughs> you know. Um, I mean, total awesome. I will say this: I I really really like the movie Three Hundred, and there's a part of me that's like, yeah, I'm gonna get my spear, <laughs> and I'm gonna get all buff, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna fight know, till I die. Fight till I die, and then you're gonna shoot me full of arrows, and it'll be great, you know. But <laughs> but there is this but, but but I was like, what is it about that that is Christian? And the, the thing that struck me is, is, and this is what we're going to be talking about today on today's podcast, is that there is a connection between nationalism in, and, and Christianity as far as we view it in this, in this country now. And this is something that I feel like it's very dangerous. And, and we're in, here in this country, we're very quick to point out how dangerous nationalism and religion can be. Mm-hmm. We, we I, I don't believe... like. In the past 30 years, I'm 35, I can't remember a time when we weren't at war. Um, really, I can't remember a time when we didn't have some kind of conflict going on. Uh, but typically, it was with um, people who combined their, you know, uh, nationalism, their, their nationalistic or, or their, their country with the religion, politics and religion going together. You know, and do they belong together? That's the real question we're going to talk about today. So, <clears throat> I you know if, if if you've not seen 300, you know, <laughs> really it, all it is is like we're really tough. We like to kill. We'll kill the bad guys, and then we get killed at the end. And that that's like the musical version I just did. I just performed that. Is there a musical? on Jesus? Actually, if you go, if you look up on on YouTube, I do perform a musical, really? uh, a one man musical uh, of the whole movie of 300. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a fact. You can oh, go to YouTube man. right now, and you can see the it, it's on there. The 300, the one man musical. It's going to be buried, but underneath a lot of stuff because I'm sure not many people will ever watch it. But it's out there, and you can you can see me perform it. 
I, uh, I even uh, took a magic marker and drew on my abs so they were sweet abs. <laughs> you had to like, draw yeah. them. <laughs> well, yes, I had to draw them. And, and they were sweet abs like they had in the movie 300. But yeah, you had a one-pack and you I, had to make it into this. Yeah, yeah, I had to divide it up into <laughs> and equal parts. Into yeah, but, but, but the thing is, when it comes down to uh, where religion plays a role in politics and, and, and the, the direction of a nation... It's always, in, in, if you look throughout history, it's always been uh, this this strange mingling of, and how can you, it, because because how can you have a, a direction of a country without moral, some kind of a moral compass, right? And typically, where we we get that from, you know, is is our religious background, um, and and hopefully the idea, if you're getting your morals from from a religious background, you're getting them from God, and so how can you not? In, in on one hand, how can you not, uh, how can you not have your religion be involved in all of your political points of view, uh, in all of your everything that where the nation goes? On the other hand, I think every religion has seen uh, the the dark side of this, um, and uh, you know, with with the abuses of, of monarchy, um, and uh, and and right now, of course, we, we're seeing it. Uh, I, I believe we see it here in the United States, um, and and this is something that that you know sprouted up from the Cold War. Um, whenever you know we we started putting in God we trust on our on our our money, um, and uh, you started seeing the American flag being put inside the church um, as, as if it's if it's as if it's just as important as every other part that you see up. You know, on near the altar. You know, you've got you've got your American flag. Yes, we have a Christian flag. You know, that's on the other side. But I, you know, I, but we have all these 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 things um, that that say you know God and country go together. And of course, I know um, I've often heard a lot of you know the the natural response is well you know you better respect that flag, boy. And, and that may be the you boy. You better respect that flag. You know why? Because if not for that flag, you wouldn't have the rats to worship as you please, right? The rats. The rats. I like. I like. You know. That's 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 yeah. The rats. You gotta have your rats. Rights. You mean? Yeah. That's that's okay. what. That's, a, yeah. <laughs> that's what that one. But you know, having the right to 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 your religion. Um, is often attributed to hey you, you know you wouldn't have the right to worship God if not for you know the United States. Oh wow! I, I mean, I just said a lot of stuff. You did say a lot I said of a stuff. lot of stuff, and, and then you, you you were kind of you're trying to the audience can't see this. He was he was really trying to get something in there, but I just kept going. <laughs> I just kept going. So I think implicit in all that is just this this sense that there there are people within that religion, you know. Um, who actually have some kind of spiritual life that are going to be able to guide it? Because without a, without some kind of group of people within a religion that have some type of spiritual grounding, mm-hmm. then then the when politics and religion are mixed, the religion begins to be taken over by it. Um, I know that Charles Ashton, who was my mentor. Um, said that everything begins in mysticism and ends in politics. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And there's this idea that, you know, but it has to begin in mysticism. And basically right, what, right. what we've what we've done in, in Christianity um, in America is is basically equated our religion with our patriotism. 
Right. And when those get combined, then uh, you know our, our our dangerous veer to the right with in Christianity, especially in this this election cycle. But really, ever since uh, probably um, Nixon in the in in the early seventies, uh, and and even going back to Goldwater in uh, in sixty four. Um, just this idea that there's this this uh, almost a manipulation by uh, by politicians of of Christians because they they were equated and and to me that gives so much control um, of, of of Christianity and our theology by people who have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, and I I, I uh, far be it for me to, to 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 say that I'm an authority on it. But I really believe that uh, Christianity and politics have to be separate. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't think they should be uh, intertwined. And I think you should have political views, and I think you should, um, um, you know, fight for certain issues. But um, like I do, I have I have certain things that I really believe in as a Christian. Right. You know, different things, especially like climate change. But. Um, I I just really feel like you know those have to be separate. And I think it's very dangerous to equate them. I saw a bumper sticker the other day um, that said uh, "God, uh, guns, and coal." God, guns, and coal. And okay. The, and it, it equated all three <clears throat> of those things in in terms of this our religion, and then all these different views on the environment, and then on on gun control. Right. So it it equated everything. So if you're a Christian, you have these political views, and I don't know about you, but uh, you know we don't all have like you you've said before we don't all have to be homogenous. We don't all have to be the same. We don't all have to be the same person, and we uh, we don't have to have the same views. Right now, for for me, the the difficulty then becomes how do I how do I come up with my political views versus uh, you know divorce from right my religious point of view. Um, and, and the thing is, uh, oftentimes I do see, and I've seen it in myself, I've seen one inform the other, and, and, and one that shouldn't be informing the other, informing the other. And, and, right. and by that I mean, okay, this is, this is what I believe about my, the practical, you know, this, you know, the problem-solving side of my brain says, you know, hey, you know, there's, there's certain issues and people, these people, you know, I can justify a lot. Is I guess what I'm mm-hmm. saying. I can say, okay, there's there's people that are being lazy. We should, you know, we should never do anything for these people that are homeless or anything because hey, they brought it on themselves. Um, right. or, or for instance, you you work in in the jails and and you go to prisons to visit the people who are there for good reason, mm-hmm. right? They broke the law in right. many times, many times, uh, horrible ways. And and there is a part of me that says, you know, um, I don't. I, they don't deserve any of my time. They don't deserve any 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 care. Um, and I can I can figure out a way to justify that. With I can say, well, if I if I read the Bible in a certain way, you know, mm-hmm. if I if I if I stress certain verses, if I stress certain parts of Christianity, then I can justify my, I guess my human point of view or my my worldly point of view with religious means i can i can yeah. go back and forth and i think that's the tendency that's the danger that we run into well, i think that it's uh, we've talked about influences i think it's it's really an, an implicit in all this is that you have to have a spiritual life first an inner life 
before you have an outer view of anything. You have to allow that inner that inner voice that 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 we say is is God speaking to us, which yeah. can be very dangerous right. to even say right. that. Right. But you have to have an inner life and a spiritual life in order to be able to have any views at all. I'm not going to speak when when I talk about. Um, immigration or climate change or the views on sexism or all, uh, Native American uh, views or anything like that. I'm speaking from my from my own faith. Mm-hmm. I'm speak. I'm informed by something other than CNN or you know news cycles. Right. I'm not informed by uh, Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump or my party or anything else. I'm informed by my own decision-making process and my own discernment. And I think implicit in a lot of Christianity is this idea that you're going to be a thinker. You think for yourself, and you have to have a prayer life in order to think. Oftentimes, this is something that, this is one of those, it's a very dangerous thing, um, and it's also something that is imperative to do. <laughs> um, having your own train of thought. Now, and this is why we, we you know, when it comes to meditation, when it comes to prayer, understanding your own thoughts, understanding this is what my thoughts are, and then understanding that there are thoughts that enter my mind mm-hmm. that are not my own. And this is where, this is where, yes, we're being very spiritual here. There are thoughts that enter my mind that are not my own. And, yeah. and this, this is, this is, this is the devil made me do it. You know, this is this, yeah. I, and of course, we love to joke about it in our culture. The devil made me do it, right? Well, there are there are lots of influences, and and to to really know how you feel about something, you need to you need to be able to quiet everything down because you do need to come up with your own point of view. I think, and waiting to get validation from statistics or waiting to get validation from the news or from you know the masses is waiting. For permission to believe something, mm-hmm. and and the thing is, we have we have this God given intuition that if we use it, if we really if we really try to to uh, nourish that, it can lead us to hopefully more enlightened points of view. It just takes a lot of effort. I mean, the, the whole point of, of, of this, and, and if you have any interest in spirituality, the whole point of it is to recover that image of God within you. What Teresa of Avila would say, that reflection of God and, and that likeness of God has been so covered up by all the distractions that we have in our world and the, the politics and all these things that lead us in different directions that we've lost, we've lost any type of um, uh, even desire for that. And, and we, have to be, we have to be so distracted by all kinds of things in our world, whether it's our phone or politics or sports, especially sports yeah. can be extremely um, distracting. We are so distracted by all these things um, that we, for, we we don't take time for that. We don't take time to sit there and say, because to me, implicit in all of Christianity, implicit in all this is a work ethic. Mm-hmm. That you really have to work at this. I mean, I have to take time to listen to God. It's not just, hey, right. help me find this parking spot or help me do this or help me make this decision. I, I want this. And yeah. God's not a candy machine, you know? Right. You have to, <laughs> right. You have to realize that, that, that this stuff, and that's where the politics, when it gets, and our patriotism gets so enmeshed, we get guided by these other influences and these other forces so that 
we don't really do what's necessary to listen to God. We, and you have to work hard at this. And a lot of times, we get we get so lazy. We have become right. so lazy at thinking for ourselves because I will pick my phone up and say, "What is my thought going to be right now? Am right, I going right. to have it, fear? It's completely determined. Anger? By that. What am I going to have? What, what's my thought going to be? Because I'm going to read a headline." Yeah. about uh, the email thing or, or the, the war or whatever's going on, and I'm going to be controlled by that thought. I have to be able to sit back and say, what do I think? And it is difficult, I think, uh, also in the American climate that we live in with the political climate the way it is, uh, re- just regardless of, of this particular election, but if you look at, at the, at the uh, positions that our two major parties have taken, it's very difficult to say, okay, I'm going to be a Republican or a Democrat, if at least from my own position of discernment, because there are issues on both sides that I'm like, yeah, I can get, I can get on board with this. But what is it with this, this other thing, guys? Yeah. You know, I can say that to both sides. You know, um, and and you know, for instance, you know, I, you know, the, the views on on life and death, on when does life begin, or when is it appropriate for life to end, right? How how should life be ended? Um, or for instance, the environment, that's, that's a big one. Uh, Pete goes on and on. He's always going on and on about the environment, you know, but let me say, okay, guys, I'm there too. Okay. I'm green too, Pete. <laughs> you know, but the thing, the thing about uh, the environment is, uh, you know, um, I, you know, that's, that's fantastic. Yes. We should be, we should be doing things to preserve the environment, but for the same reasons that we should be doing things to preserve all of life. You know, all of life is precious, and, and so and so it's it's very difficult for me to find to, to you know to say well there's this one side or another. But I think it's the natural inclination of a human being of the average American to say, well these people are the lesser of two evils, and it's and then suddenly before you know it you're adopting all of that particular party's points of view, mm-hmm. and and again it comes back to the laziness. It comes back to we're all lazy uh, guys. We're, I mean we're not me and Pete are not shaking our fingers at you. We're we're saying this is something we have to fight regularly oh, all the time. You know, right. and and I'm not always very good at it. And especially with the more busy you become, I mean the less rest you get. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult. It's very difficult. I you know I've got uh, just recently kids and it's just whoa that's that's a huge. That's a huge thing. I had a, a pretty good meditative life going on, uh, and then it's it. I find it very difficult, at, you know, to, to fit that in. Uh, but it's it's essential. It is essential mm-hmm. just to have that that centering, um, you know, to, to find some kind of peace. Um, or else, the next thing you know, I don't know about you guys. Next thing you know, you're 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 having a a, a fake argument with somebody in the shower about some issue that you know they think that way about this thing. You know, it's just you get you get in these weird trains of thought where you're just yeah. arguing all the time and it, and it becomes the norm. And then the next thing you know, um, the next thing you know, you live to fight. Mm-hmm. And that's the worst way to live. I, I think that it's so easy to get drawn into these negative emotions from the... the the different distractions that we have, and then you really are led down a path of with these negative emotions, which are, uh, you know, there was a, a British study that said that a third of our waking hours, which is two, you know, a, or no, half of our waking hours, a third of all of our day, mm-hmm. with including sleep, is done daydreaming. So what? Say that again. So half of all your waking hours, 
So in a typical, this one study, yeah. BBC did this study. And uh, this was back in... So 16 hours, typically, you're going to have, right? If you, you're if waking you sleep eight half hours of those. So, you're about so eight, eight hours, hours a day... Eight hours a day... Is daydreaming. Is daydreaming. <sighs> right? So there's where the Jesus prayer comes in. There's where right. you have to have some type of stability where you're combating all this, these distractions, all, all these daydreams, because the daydreams are influences in and of themselves, and they draw you in and, and draw down your energy that you have. The, the, the spirit that you have is just is weakened, and then you can't discern, and then you're led, and then you're, then you're part of this big herd, and then, then, then where? Mm-hmm. where you, you can't reach your, your destiny. You can't find purpose in life. So, you know, that the daydreaming is a huge, huge deal for me. I do a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. And I, and I, I do a lot I of believe, waste. I believe that because, yeah, I, I waste a lot of time just, and, and, uh, and, and I would say some of that daydreaming would probably be uh, under the, the category of worries. Oh, know? my gosh. Because just worrying about possible contingencies that might come up, you know, what if... This sort of thing. What if there's a zombie apocalypse yeah, well, right now? No, what, that's what that's I a do? happy day. That's one of those happy daydreams. I, I like to believe I, I, <laughs> I'd be one of the. Yeah. Every time it comes down to like a end of the world scenario, in my daydreams at least, I'm one of the survivors, and I found this like ideal location where I can fight off the zombies, or you know the um, you know the hordes of vampires, or whatever it is. Like you're in 300. Like, kind of like I'm like in 300. Like you're in 300. Yeah. You're like, maybe, maybe I'm a beefcake with a spear, you know? They're not Persians. And they are They are whatever, zombies. zombies, or maybe they're aliens or whatever, but I'm there. I've got this helmet on. My teeth are, like, glistening like pearls. And Nicole, your wife, is like, <laughs> oh, you big hug. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of other things that, <laughs> you know, a lot of other things going on. In, in other parts of this daydream. Save us, Jesse. Save <laughs> us from the hordes. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and of course, I, you know, I, I'm always, like, top of my game in everything. Uh, so, <clears throat> yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. I, uh, Jesus. need to change the subject <laughs> it's, it's, quickly. It's Jesus time. It's Jesus, it's Jesus time. time, Pete. It's, well, Jesus, the, it's not daydream time. It's Jesus time. I, I guess the, 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 the point of this is just to... You know, to, to find your own rhythm with your life. You know, yeah. find, find even if you've got a busy schedule with, with kids or right. whatever. I know that I get up early in the morning and uh, 5 or 5.30 and spend an hour, hour and a half, uh, you know, meditating and writing and reading and just quiet time. And I think that, and, and no, no phones, no, yeah. no news. Yeah. You know, I'm just there <clears throat> and I've got some music on or something is, is happening where I'm just... I'm just calm, and I start my day out like that, and I think that at doing something like that and having that kind of discipline, um, because uh, um, with, as Charles would say, uh, Charles Ashton would say, without character there is no discipline. Right. You know, right. Or without discipline there is there's no the character. character. Yeah, sorry. Right. Without discipline there is no character. That You've got to have that discipline that leads to that, that character, and I, I think that... That's one thing that I've learned as an adult is to really find that discipline in my life, find that structure. And in in, in discipline, we find true freedom. Really, uh, mm-hmm. we oftentimes think of discipline as something that, you know, it's confining or it's you know it, it's a it's a pain or it's a struggle. But that's actually where you find real freedom from, the you know all these other influences that um, that come at you on a regular basis. One of the things that 
I, I guess going forward, you know, when it comes to, you know, where does Christian, where is, what kind of role does Christianity have to play in in politics and in, 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 in our worldview? Um, I think it's just important, uh, if, if nothing else, just to identify, is this part of my faith that I'm feeling? Is this, is this, is, or is this part of my, the, you know, my physical reality? You know, is this a spiritual thing or is this just like a practical thing? You know, um, yes, I, you know, I have to pay my bills and I get pretty judgy whenever I see people, you know, who, you know, live extravagantly and don't pay the bills and all these things. Is that my faith or, or is that, or is that my, just my practical side that lives here in this world, Right. So, so being able to, to distinguish really, you know, what, what voice I'm speaking with, you know, because in, in the course of a day, we're, we're a million different people, you know. Um, so, it, you know, who, who is actually speaking? Uh, where is this opinion coming from? And, and, and let's just, hopefully, it's, it's, we can discern between our national mm-hmm. identity and our spiritual, our cosmic identity. Well, when it comes down to it, I mean, our, our faith should lead to us loving our, our, our yeah. fellow Americans. It should yeah. lead to that. I mean, it, regardless of what your view on abortion or climate change or anything like that, but it, your faith needs to, to lead to that love. And if your faith leads to a, judge, a, a, a judgmentalism which demonizes those who oppose your view... Then I think you're on on the well, wrong. You're not loving your enemy, right? Right. So, but but if if your view, regardless of if I agree with it or not, if it doesn't demonize me, and we can talk about it, and we can come to a compromise, right. And not look at compromise as some evil sin. If we can come together on that and and move forward as a people, and be inclusive, but yet not be naive, then I I think I think we're I think we'll be fine. But you know we have to. Each one of us has to do this individually, and then come to the table. It's in. It's implied that each one of us is doing this work right before we get to the table. Yeah, and I, I don't. You know? I don't trust them. I don't, I don't trust them. those other people. I'm not a worker, Jesus, <laughs> forgive me. I don't have to talk about that. <laughs> oh well, guys, this this marks the end of yet another exciting episode. Yes, of the of Jesus time. Jesus time with, with Jesse, Jesse and Pete. Pete. So thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Jesse. And I'm Pete. (laughs) Have a great week.